0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Storm Static Sleep podcast. Now, it's been a while since the last episode, and so to compensate, I've got something quite special for you. Now, whereas the rest of the episodes uh, that I've done already have been built around interviews that I did for the Storm Static Sleep book during the research phase... This one was recorded specifically for this podcast. It's an interview with Wout Levens, who is a co-founder of Dunk Festival in Belgium. And anyone with even a passing interest in post-rock will likely have heard of Dunk. It really is one of the premier post-rock festivals in the world. And this year's lineup features bands like Russian Circles, This Will Destroy You, Tides from Nebula, Pelicans, 65 Days of Static... And yet, despite attracting bands of this formidable calibre, Dunk prides itself on a really relaxed atmosphere. It's very intimate and it's you know really cosy. Uh, and it's so difficult to find festivals like this that successfully straddle the boundary between big lineup and cosy vibe. So in that respect, Dunk really is a rare treasure. The festival takes place between the fifth and seventh in Zotigem in Belgium. And at the time of the recording, weekend tickets are sold out, but day tickets are still available. So be quick and snap one up if you want to go. You can head over to dunkfestival.be to find out more. And also if you're heading to Dunk and have yet to pick up a copy of the book, you can grab one at the festival itself while it has been kind enough to take Storm Static Sleep into Dunk's official store, which is the Stargazer store. And so that will be on sale at the festival. In the meantime, here's my interview with Wout. One thing I noticed is um, I went to Art two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's the first time I've been, and the first time I've been to, like, a festival that has a post-rock um, theme, basically, mm-hmm. and, and that being the central um, aspect of the festival. And mm-hmm. um, the atmosphere was unbelievable because... I get the impression that because there are so few events for these people to congregate at, that when they get the opportunity, they just explode. You know, it's so mm-hmm. intense. The uh, the sense of gratitude and excitement that there's a, a place for these people to be. I mean... Yeah, what, exactly. Yeah. What's it like at Dunk in that respect?
1: It's pretty much uh, the same. I've been to Arcton Gent last year and uh, the year before, and it has the same kind of... Uh, uh, family gathering vibe. Um, that's also something uh, our visitors appreciate on uh, at Think Festival. So, uh, so yeah, it's pretty much uh, also really familiar and uh, like a bunch of friends uh, gathering. Of course, we also uh, have our free breakfast and free coffee. So, so that is even more like you're staying at a friend's place uh, and you just get the breakfast uh, for free. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, um, uh, because we're that specific, uh, in the lineup, uh, people are coming from really far and, uh, they, they, they meet people at the festival who are into the exact same music because you wouldn't be here else. Um, so I think the connection, uh, between people because of the, the, the same taste in music, uh, uh, uh has this impact on the atmosphere at the festival
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that's really stuck out to me just um engaging with the post-rock community is that uh, international aspect of it and the fact that, you know, it's, it doesn't have a central um geographic base. It is everywhere. No. So it's really great that, you know, people and bands from around the world can all congregate around this central theme.
1: Yeah exactly, it's uh, we reach a lot of people uh, outside Belgium I think we have like 50 percent of the visitors are coming from abroad so the the scene is like you're saying uh, spread out all over Europe and over the world and not not that much um, uh, concentrated in one area or something uh, so yeah that's uh, also an aspect uh, which helps
0: yeah, absolutely. And um I mean you mentioned the the family vibe of the festival. Mm-hmm. Um obviously Dunk is now much bigger than it was 10 years ago. Um Exactly. How, how easy has it been to retain that atmosphere even though the um you know the people coming there's there's been a you know such an increase in the the amount of, te- of attendees you have.
1: Mm-hmm. Each year? It's not uh it's not uh, as big as I think you think we are <laughs> so that it's not the uh, amount of visitors didn't really impact on the, the friendly atmosphere we started out uh, with like one hundred uh, twelve years ago and um, I think in 2012 we hit 500 visitors a day for the first time and now we are at, at 900 I think so it's not really a big difference there um, and the crew is has always been uh, pretty much the same people, uh, being friends and family. So that alone makes it feel like uh, a family thing. It, it is actually a family thing, so <laughs> oh, well, <that's laughs> it's, that, it's not that difficult to make it look like that. Uh, we, we think it's very important to be uh, welcoming and to be friendly and, and offer services you wouldn't expect. But like the free coffee I mentioned... It's, it costs like nothing almost, uh, so it's just a small service we provide to have the the uh, familiar uh, vibe.
0: That's amazing that there's only about like 900 people at the festival, considering the lineup you have as well.
1: Yeah, but we, uh, like you were suggesting, we are uh, very um, fond of the, or we uh, uh, cherish the the friendly atmosphere, so we don't want... Uh, people to, to stay outside of the tent because it's full. Uh, I really hate that at big festivals. Uh, you buy a ticket to see a band you'd like to see and then you, you go to the stage and you're watching from outside the tent. So <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. So we want to make sure everyone can see the show they want to see. And also, uh, we're talking about the post-stroke scene, which is not really a, a a very big scene, I guess. So... I'm not sure how many people we can gather, but if you're looking at Art I'm sure we can grow a little bit more. But we're very careful with that because we don't want to lose the, the small and cozy atmosphere. So, yeah.
0: Well we have so many festivals in the UK which used to be so treasured for the very atmosphere that you guys seem to be sustaining mm-hmm. uh, and you know within a space of a couple of years have you know decided to expand but almost seem to have done so quicker than they can sort of retain everything that was good about the festival you know. And yeah so-
1: exactly we don't want to make that mistake so uh we added uh 200 tickets this year um so that's pretty careful and we know the the uh, location pretty good so we know this will be again uh, the, the the terrain will be big enough to have everyone in a comfortable comfortable way
0: and you mentioned about how irritating it is to be outside uh the you know, the tent to when you when you're trying to watch a band and you, yeah. you end up, you know, not hearing or seeing anything. I mean, another thing actually I noticed looking at your timetable is um how wonderfully you avoid like any clashes mm-hmm. at all, which is an absolute yeah. dream. I mean it's always a nightmare looking at the lineup, especially of a festival like yours where, you know, there's so many great bands and mm-hmm. having that Nagging feeling of like oh Christ, I'm only going to be able to see about seventy percent of these now it's it's mm-hmm. great that you've completely avoided that
1: yeah exactly uh of course we uh we only had one stage uh, until a few years ago, and then um you can't clash two shows so but when we had we added the second stage we we thought it would be stupid to make them uh, overlap even if you only had two stages so we tried to uh, to keep that little break uh, and it's also a lot more comfortable for uh, the stage crews to to change over uh, the bands so i think with the two stages it would be pretty stupid to uh, to clash do shows because you have your stage crew uh, need to hurry to, to change over right. and you have the people uh, running around to see everything so uh, yeah I think if we would have a third stage we would have to uh, to make shows uh, overlap so or, or clash um, so yeah it's like a, a step we w- probably are going to take but we're not sure when and it's kind of difficult to make the the step to have more bands on shows than you could see. Right. Yeah. No, so for now we yeah. try to keep it that way <laughs> that everyone wants, uh, uh, gets to see the show they want to see, but maybe, yeah, maybe next year, maybe the year after we'll have a small third stage so we can have more bands on the lineup, which is also great, of course.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, another uh, thing that, Uh, I associate with festivals and I'm sure a lot of people do as well is um, the uh, sort of classic trade-off that you have to make between the quantity of bands that you're able to see in the space of a, you know, one weekend, but also um, the expectation that sound quality is going to have to take a dip because it's a festival. I mean, how how do you guys handle that and uh, how uh, easy is it for you guys to achieve, you know, a decent sound quality? Because it seems particularly important in this kind of music as well.
1: Yeah exactly it's it's really really important for us to have uh, excellent sound and uh, an amazing light show and I think we we manage that pretty good um actually I think we can be uh compared to uh to a club show actually um the light and sound that is up on uh, up on our stage has the the potential to be a huge stage on a, on a big festival. So we're really uh, looking for the best quality, the best gear and the best uh, um, companies to provide uh, uh, everything for sound and light and i think uh, at least that's what the visitors also say uh, i think we pretty much succeed in that so uh, we have also a very professional uh, technical team uh, we have one of the best light engineers in, from belgium he's doing all the major festivals here uh, and he's also into this kind of music so he really uh, likes to be here and uh, that's why we can we can um enjoy his skills Uh, We have a very good uh, event manager who knows uh, where he has to be to have the best sound quality for a, a decent price.
0: Fantastic. Mm-hmm. that's great it's good that you've got people who are you know interested in this kind of music as well i mean you know yeah it's really important yeah absolutely i mean i've been to gigs before where the sound guy clearly hasn't got it you know but the worst thing would be <laughs> if he then said you know oh could we just you know turn the reverb down on I you know i can't hear anything everything's bleeding together or something like that you mm-hmm. know it just yeah. absolutely ruin it um mm-hmm. so uh just to briefly as well um go back into the history of the festival because i understand it was originally your your father's is that right
1: yeah, that's correct. And he uh, started he started the festival in 2005. Uh I was uh, 16 uh, at that time. So that's too soon to uh, organize a festival of course. But then it was a, a one-day event with only one stage and uh, three or four local bands.
0: Right. And yeah. um and then you gradually got more involved in the the organization of yeah. the festival.
1: Yeah, I was involved from the beginning as a musician. So I I played at the, I think the first seven editions, (laughs) I I think I played them all with uh, some some band or another, which was really fun. But then I got more involved in uh, volunteer uh, uh, and working with the volunteers and make sure uh, every job uh, uh, gets done. And now it's... It's uh, actually, it's basically basically me and my dad uh, over, over uh, how do you say, it? overlooking the whole thing. So, yeah, of course, we have different teams with uh, their own uh, uh, volunteers. And uh, like I said, the technical crew has its uh, kind of core uh, group. And there is a catering team, there is a, a bar team, there is a, a parking team and uh it's yeah that's uh how it's how it works um yeah
0: and how is your dad into post rock uh
1: actually he got me into it so oh wow uh, <laughs> yeah i found the the godspeed you black emperor album with uh with that that flag blues on it no uh, I f- I found it in his collection and I I turned it I put it in the the stereo and I th- I think I've listened to it every week uh, or even every day back then so I was really impressed by the sound and the atmosphere by the music and it was like I was looking for something like that and I uh, I found it uh, with Godspeed You! Black Emperor oh. and from then on I I really got into it
0: yeah, i so, so I'm, lucky to have a dad who's so on point with music taste. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, we've been to a lot of shows together, so it's really fun uh, that way.
0: That's great. I mean, because with my dad, I mean, I used to drag him to you know, post-rock and post-metal shows when I was too young to drive, but mm-hmm. yeah. it, was, it was tainted with the knowledge that I knew he was hating every second he was there, you know, so...
1: Oh Yeah, I didn't have that problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, If we can talk about this year's lineup as well, because it's pretty nuts. I mean, um, Mm -hmm. I understand that you start off with like a wish list that you then, you know, try and achieve to the best of your ability and what, you know, try and achieve uh, to what's practical. I mean, how close was it this year to the initial list you drew up?
1: This year was uh, ridiculously close to our wish list. Uh, we always have a few headliners we like to have, and Russian Circles is on it since a few years, and now is the first time we had them back. Also, uh, we had them we had them for the first time, and sixty five days of static uh, is also on our wish wish list every every year. So. We're really happy to have them with us again. Uh, this will destroy you. It was also uh, at the festival, I think, in two thousand twelve or nine, or both. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, we, we, were, we we're looking uh, to have them back as soon as possible, and we managed to have all of them. Uh, so yeah, we we managed to stay very close to the wish list. Also, Pelican was on it. Um, of course, other bands. Uh, I think, I think fifty percent of the lineup is our is our initial wish list, and all the other bands are just coming in uh, along the way.
0: Wow! I mean, <laughs> what's great as well is that you, you know you've mentioned four bands there that, even though they they have like an association of being under a, a sort of vague stylistic umbrella. Mm They're all incredibly different. And, you know, you you generally find people who are into all of them, but they are Mm -hmm. so drastically different. So it must be nice to be able to have a weekend which manages to have a common theme, but is also extremely varied stylistically, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. We try to to offer uh, a wide range of uh, um, uh, different kind of approaches to the to the scene uh, which is which was I think we succeeded pretty good this time but we had we had editions where we were like too narrow on it and you immediately see that in ticket sales of course so we pretty fast learned that we had to uh, to make it a little bit uh, wider which is pretty obvious of course but we uh, I think it was in 2013 where we had a little bit too much uh, of the same kind of post-rock um, bands which was also great but there were a few uh, comments from the audience that it was uh, too much which was true we never we never watch a whole show uh, and certainly not uh, five shows uh, in a row so we it's it's pretty hard for us to to experience uh like the the vibe as a visitor but we we yeah pretty soon we got uh we pretty soon uh realized we had to broaden it up which is a, a lot more adventurous, of course and um, but it's always difficult to we could we could have uh like more post metal or even post hardcore bands but it's always trying to uh, to uh, know what kind of music will work and what, will, what won't work, because we're still uh, a post-rock festival. Yeah. So I, we want to keep it that way, but not we don't want to be too narrow. So it's always like a, yeah, an exercise in balance or something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a really tricky balance, because mm-hmm. I've been to some festivals where they've got it so catastrophically wrong. And by the end, you know, you start the festival so excited to see all these bands you love. and you know, by the end, I'm like, I don't want to hear this style of music for at least another year. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely saturated.
1: Yeah. So, but I think we, 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 uh, got the right balance now. Uh, I think last year as well, uh, we learned a lot from the 2013 edition, which was also a financial, uh, yeah disaster oh. <laughs> so uh, so yeah we learned a lot uh, from then and also h- half of the organization uh, left after that year and they were pretty much against uh, vocals uh, so yeah we didn't we didn't think that was a big problem back then because we were not really into that either but yeah of course we uh, evolved and our, our own taste evolved so now we are more into the vocal thing, and we had uh, Amin Ra, for example, last year, which wouldn't be wouldn't have been possible uh, three years ago.
0: Oh, I bet that was great as well.
1: Yeah, it was a really great show.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. S- I saw them uh, before. I was actually familiar with any of their material, which was a really nice uh, mm-hmm. thing, when you can look back and say, well, that was a really nice introduction to that band, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was, yeah, they, they really blew me away. They're amazing.
1: Yeah, they're really good, yeah. Yeah, we'll have them back once in the future.
0: <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I I think you've got Colin. I think you. Is it playing yeah. this year solo? Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. Colin and uh, Syndrome. Oh, fantastic. So he's also uh, a part of Amira.
0: Brilliant. And uh, just for the benefit of people who are, you know, maybe listening to this and maybe attending Dunk Festival, I mean, are there any bands that you think, um, you know, maybe aren't so well known on the lineup that you think. People Mm -hmm. should definitely go down and and check those out, like any tip-offs for anyone coming to visit.
1: Uh, mm -hmm, Yeah, Uh, I'm not sure how uh, how well-known they are, but uh, I'm really looking forward to see Obscure Sphinx. Uh, not sure if you heard of them before. No, no, I haven't. No, they're from Poland and uh, they have vocals. It's a, actually a front woman uh, who is doing the vocals, but it's really raw and a lot of energy. So I'm really looking forward to see that on our stage. And uh, the show before actually is uh, Environments on the other stage. We, we released them on Dunk Records a few months ago. I think two months ago. And that will be like ambient, dark uh, post rock, which will be a very nice vibe, I think. Then Nordic Giant, Nordic Giants. Not sure if you know about them. Yes, yeah. yes, I do. Yeah. So they are pretty known already. Uh, that will be really great. And Collapse on the Empire, the very first show.
0: Oh, fantastic!
1: Yeah, of course, Kokomo is on the on the list. Uh, You know Kokomo?
0: Yes, yeah, I do actually, yeah.
1: Okay, so I'm not sure which one else, just looking at the lineup now. Wyatt E, I think they're pretty unknown, but really heavy and a lot of noise. I think that will be great.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So as you're saying, what's great is that, you know, you could almost pick out the entire lineup there because everyone is so essential. (laughs) uh, Exactly. You know, that's the great thing about no clashes is that people can just see the entire thing. Exactly. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Storm Static Sleep podcast. Obviously, I wish, wow, the best of luck ahead of this year's festival. And I hope that everyone who's attending has a really good time. I'm sure you will. Um, As always, you can head over to stormstaticsleep.com for more information on the book and to buy it. And also make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well. We'll be back soon, I'm sure, with another podcast. In the meantime, take care. Cheers.